0: G'day everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Sabia, and I'm joined as always by my co host, John. John, how are you, my friend? Yeah, doing alright.
1: Nothing of not much of a note, I think, this week to talk about right away, Um,
0: but. Yeah, doing alright. What about you? Yeah, no, I've uh yeah, it's been busy busier work. I think you've you've had a pretty tough week as well. Um hopefully you get a cup your couple of weeks off will uh mean you can get in some catching up on some games or T V and, and movies and let you unwind a bit. Yeah. I'll at least have something <laughs> to
1: talk about in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> That's
0: a Uh yeah, I I played um I as I hinted to last week, I downloaded Hi-Fi Rush, so I played, like, about an hour of that. And I've uh, also got the, the new Dead Space the re- Dead Space remake, so I've played, a, a, I think, a couple of two or three hours of that. Mm. It's hard to tell, because, like, those games, like, I, I like to, like, look at all the nooks and crannies and everything, but I'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. Mm. But, yeah, I um, guess, first of all, just want to say, you know... Our thoughts are with uh, our Kiwi pals. Uh, there were uh, there's been some significant flooding early this week. I think it was on Monday that the bulk of the 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 the, the rain and the subsequent flooding happened. So hopefully, uh, you know, everyone was able to make it out safe and no one lost any any family or any pets or any any precious precious memories or anything like that. Um, so yeah, just just thought we'd, we'd give a little. Little shout out to everyone who's been affected by that this week.
1: Yeah, it's a shame to hear about all the damage again. Mm. I don't think that's the last time we're going to hear about that from New Zealand. I'm being hit by climate change fairly hard lately. Mm. So, yeah, just uh,
0: let's... Yeah, well, hopefully everyone's all, all good and maybe you can... Feel a little bit better after listening to us bumble around for for an hour or so. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm putting a lot, of, a lot of pressure on my shoulders here. We, we can we can do it. We can do it. We can we can save the Kiwis. <laughs> that makes their lives better. <laughs> well, let's kick things off by talking about the major news stories. From this past week, uh, the the first story is a is a really positive one for for us down under. Tell us about what's what's going on in terms of funding. Yes, um, it's a
1: really yeah it's a really positive one, which I feel like we don't get too often outside <laughs> of those little ones. Um, yeah, so the Australian government, the Albanese government, has announced the new National Cultural Policy, which is kind of a wide spanning, wide ranging. Um, increase in art, like art funding and just funding towards like you know numerous things but it also includes video games which is the part we're going to talk about so it basically restores the australian interactive games fund or the ai gf um, which was cut in 2014 almost a decade ago by the Abbott government um, that interactive games fund um, supplied around 20 million dollars um, around 10 million of it was used before it was cut in 2014 um, so, this is, and it's basically the first overall. This new funding is the first federal funding for the game industry in Australia since the Gillard era, which was, yeah, again, around 2014, 2013, I think. Um, so, it's, um, so the new cultural policy is titled Revive. So, it provides creative seco- sectors like film, television, music, literature, and video games with more funding than they've had in a long time. Um, but the big, big news for the game industry is that it's basically bringing back this old fund and um which is like in addition to the funding that's been mostly uh mostly fallen on the shoulders of the states themselves so it's like we've seen like victoria um games fund or something like i don't know i've seen that logo a bunch of times in the last few yeah. years <laughs> in <mean, laughs> credits. south
0: australia yes as well yes
1: um so it's like it's not just the states that will be kind of asked to like fund these games or now like federal government will have like a notable increase in their ability to actually fund these projects. Um, yeah, which
0: means, you know, a lot of good things for Australian dev scene. Finally. Yeah, we're finally getting, like a lot of things are coming to, together, which is which is really good.
1: Mm. Um, so in a statement by the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association or the IGA, IGEA, I-G-E-A, um, according to the, like, So they're, in their statement, they kind of discuss the revived national culture policy and that from their statement says that there will be a $12 million Australian increase in investment to support, quote, small to medium independent game studios through Screen Australia. And this is also in addition to the $6 million that had been awarded to um, Screen Australia through the Games Expansion Pack, which we covered some months back. So based on this announcement... Based like on the information that we have, which is reported by Kotaku originally as well, Um, this brings total federal funding to around eighteen million, seemingly, which is at least close to the original twenty million of the Games Fund from twenty fourteen, and you know, and of which that was like cut in half when it was cut. So it's um. Yeah, so it's. See, like it's kind of We're like coming back To where we were at I guess With a boost past that I guess You know like We were yeah. meant to get 10 million Originally mm-hmm. now we're getting over, yeah. yeah now we're getting 18 million over the last You know Year back And now forwards. Yeah So it's um, I mean
0: Even taking into account Inflation Hopefully This This is um This is still a Like A significant amount Of funding My only worry is that it means, like, you know, like, will it be enough? Because as, as you know, you know, moving from standard definition to high definition, a lot of developers claim that it, you know, it required more resources to make assets for games. Like, it took more time to render everything, more time to design. And if it, something takes more time, generally that means it's more like, you know, staff hours you've got to pay for, more equipment or things like that. So I hope that, this is going to be enough, um, to really give like an injection to the local well, industry. But yeah. I guess we—it's like
1: I think that's why yeah. the um, there's a focus like it, like specifically how it's small to medium, smaller, yeah, um, independent games, which is like, yes, yeah, so that's exactly what should be being funded, really, because like, because yeah. like the most um, benefit, yeah. In RGEA's statement, they kind of mention how, like, with the return of the fund, it. Quote, lays a solid foundation for a thriving game development ecosystem in Australia. Which I think is a good way to look at it. And it's probably mm. the best way to look at it in terms of creating something that's sustainable and ongoing. and something yeah. that can grow into something larger. So it's like, you know, you're not just throwing money at big companies that can afford to be here already. Or well, I mean, maybe not yeah. in certain ways. But like, like you're trying to fund like small studios that can grow into larger studios.
0: Yeah, like, uh, you know, like the studios that made things like Crossy Road. Untitled Goose Game, uh, Cult of the Lamb, like those type, like scale Mm. projects rather than, you know, something that's like a Forspoken or a Final Fantasy or, you know, like a GTA level, which I think maybe that's where the DG, the digital games tax offset, like that 30% kind of tax offset for those larger studios. Maybe that's where we'll get those AAA kind of um, investments, but I guess that'll be a few years away since it's yeah. still early days. Mm. But it's, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it's exciting.
1: Awesome. It's like, yeah. it's just like, you know, I think we more or less said all the, you know, nice pleasantries last time with the 6 million. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, just kind of escalating, you know,
0: way that's good finally to use that word in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's always good. We want, we want more support for the industry. That's, that's, that's only going to create more jobs bring in more revenue for the local industry and hopefully mean that you know more of the the talented people that we have working already you know they they can get you know reach new audiences potentially work on larger projects or work on more I like work on ideas that maybe they just didn't have the it just wasn't feasible with the resources they had but now they can really make them come alive so you know it's, yeah it's it's, it's, it's going to be a, a definite net net positive for everyone
1: Hmm. yeah definitely but speaking of support of the game industry
0: um what are the what's going on with e3 so uh e3 2023 which uh i don't know like i think we we've talked pretty much every e3 that we've been recording (laughs) i feel like we've always been like you know what's the future of e3 like more and more companies are pulling out of e3 um, <laughs> so, uh, so what's happened is, uh, according to a report from IG, IGN's news news editor, Kat Bailey, um, that uh, she said that uh, quote multiple knowledgeable sources end quote uh, have uh, said that uh, the big three console makers, sorry, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, are not going to be an official part of E 3 2023. Uh, and not even have anything on the show floor uh, at the the LA Convention Center which is where E3 is going to be held so i guess there's two sides to this number one it sounds like they're not going to have they're not going to do like another E3 press conference or even like a live stream which given the success of you know like the like Microsoft's developer direct the state-of-play presentations, and even Nintendo Directs. Like, you didn't really need to be at E3 to reach people, but the fact that there's not even going to be, you know, any sort of presence on the show floor for, for people, for, like, you know, the press to to play upcoming games, like, that's a pretty, pretty big... It's a pretty damning thing. So mm-hmm. the, the tricky part is that uh, Microsoft... Uh, and, and, and and its Xbox brand is on the board of the ESA. So the ESA is the, the official organizers of the of E three, so the Electronic Software Association and they partner with Readpop, who, who plans all the uh, the PAX events in America and I think like EGX and things like that in in in, in the UK. So they they're on the board and he's kinda like been non committal about it. So he's he, he told IGN in a separate interview that, quote, We place our uh we place our showcase like we always have done at a time where hopefully it's convenient for press and even consumers that are going to the E3 event and that's what we're trying to do now. End quote. So it sounds like Microsoft might do what EA has done in the past, and do mm-hmm. like a concurrent like a concurrent live stream or event near E3, like yeah. in LA, but like down the road or across the road. and <laughs> They'll set up a tent in the parking lot like Devolver did. Yeah, basically with like barbecue or whatever else they... Food trucks or whatever they did to get people in previous years. Mm. So, he, he didn't... So, from what he said, from the statement he gave, he's kind of skirting around it. it. It pretty much sounds like it's not going to be that whatever xbox does this year is not going to be a, an official part of e3 perhaps it'll be part of summer games fest or something similar but he didn't mention that here either from the perspective of sony and nintendo um ign has uh, has heard from these anonymous sources that neither of the companies will be at e3 2023 20, uh, uh playstation if folks remember in 2019 kind of withdrew from E3 over disputes with the ESA and uh Nintendo has not issued any statements to kind of like uh neither confirm nor deny this rumor so with PlayStation is pretty believable because it's there's a precedent for it whereas Microsoft it's it's on the board and Nintendo kind of like goes in and out depending so it'll be interesting to see what happens um None of the representatives from the three companies have said anything in the wake of the the publishing of the story, but uh, the ESA, sorry, uh, the ReedPop, which is the like kind of the company that has the rights to to host E3, has said um, it kind of actually revealed that uh, quote we did not send a single contract to an exhibitor until the start of this month end quote so perhaps it's simply uh, the fact that you know that they just—it's only been a couple of days into February, so there just hasn't been enough time for each company's legal teams or whoever involved to sign off on the agreements. So mm. maybe in the next, like over the the course of the month, we'll we'll hear actual kind of confirmation whether or not uh, any of the three companies are going to be there.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's hard to imagine because you know, like a lot when we reported on when we talked about. E3 stuff with Pop, however long ago that was but how they're basically rebooting E3 back into what they kind of you know the original kind of presentation and reputation of E3 before the last five years or so but especially in this pandemic but it's (laughs) like um, it's definitely kind of takes like a hard (laughs) like I can't imagine this like it, it feels like E3 in this form like, you know, this rebooted form needs something on, like, you know, companies on that level to be a part of it mm-hmm. in some way. Cause, like, part of the report mentions that, like, you know, Nintendo has usually maintained a boost booth on the show floor, even if they haven't actually been part yeah. of the actual presentations. Yeah. With um, their, you know, cause I just like having their directs instead. And so, it's like, if they're not even having that, that feels like it's, especially, you know, cause Pop like, when they announced the reboot, they really emphasized the kind of consumer aspect. Like, you know, like people being mm. in person at the event and being able to like play games and just like be part of the event in person physically rather than it just being a purely online showcase event. Like yeah, com- games have just gotten really used to doing. So it's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Without, like I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I guess it just kind of gives more room for like the major third parties depending on whether they want to be part of it or not like i imagine ubisoft and i guess like ea does their own thing but i could see them coming back depending like you know and who else is there
0: i don't know it feels like they're all getting sucked up into different (laughs) companies yeah but it's like mm. yeah because like if we if we think of i guess like since the pandemic like summer games versus really where where that kind of kicked off with jeff keely kind of separating and moving away from being an official part of E3s and starting his own thing. So, like, if if you kind of think back, like, we had things like, okay, EA had EA Play, Ubisoft had its... So, you you would traditionally used to have... You used to have back in the day, like, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, uh, Ubisoft, EA would have... Those are the big five conferences, right? And, And then it became... Okay, Uh, EA pulled out, and then Nintendo kind of moved away because Nintendo was like, "Well, we can just do a direct." Well, I guess their their stage presentation became a direct, so they were still a part of EA's uh, of E three. So EA pulled out first, and then Sony pulled out, and then you just had Microsoft, Nintendo, Ubisoft, and then Devolver became a thing, and then we also had the Wholesome Direct. So. I guess the real thing that we miss out on is just kind of the news we got from the show floor. Because if the companies do their own, you know, presentations, whether or not it's part of, you know, Summer Games Fest opening night live, I'd still expect the companies to do their own, like, you know, hour-long showcase or something. Like like the State of Plays and things like that. Like a one-hour pre-recorded thing. It's... I, I still... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Is it just nostalgia we're holding on to? Well,
1: I don't think I have much of it personally, but like it's like. But yeah, um, I guess I do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm man. sure I have some. I'm just trying to say it's like it's like it's hard to feel too strongly about this E3. I think. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I like I kind of forgot it was happening. It's <laughs> just like, oh, that's right. That's a thing. That's that's a thing. That's you know. A news-worthy yeah. story, which is E3 is a th- becoming a thing again, um, mm. and ne- apparently they won't have these companies involved, and it's like, oh yeah, right. Um, but it's I don't know. I'm not really sure where I land on it overall, though. Um, I think yeah. like I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, if this is actually true because it sounds like there's some disputing based on how the um, read pop responded to it. So we'll, like maybe what was being reported is mainly like maybe what the sources were. Um, kind of giving IGN was more like feelings right now of where they're yeah. at, without necessarily details to you know form a hard decision on. But um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. I guess I don't know. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm kind of curious if this is true. Like, I wonder how they're gonna pivot if they're like, or where they really it was was having these companies involved always just more of a bonus with the idea. Mm. It's like, oh, if we get them involved, we can turn E three into a, like into a much bigger thing with this attempt or we'll just kind of stick with what we're going to do which is more on the ground sort of because like that's kind of what PAX is right where it's like it's more of a kind of normal convention without a huge online presence and there'll be announcements here and there but it isn't like about the announcements so maybe they're trying to turn it into something of a midway point middle point instead of you know the gigantic event that the gaming community really made it out to be over time yeah so it's um i don't uh, yeah uh, overall i'm not
0: sure
1: <laughs> i kind of want to <laughs> wait and see yeah so yeah
0: yeah because like back in the day a lot of business deals would happen behind the scenes because you've got all these people from around the world from these you've got retailers you've got publishers you've got developers in the same city booking appointments having chats going out for lunch going out for dinner like a lot of dealings and things like that happen and i guess since since the pandemic and everyone getting used to working remotely i guess that's no longer like a necessity like it's no longer a bonus it's like okay we can make a deal happen anytime Mm. so maybe that's that's part of the like maybe that's going to be the thing that they can maybe that's the thing that esa can say and be like hey you know yes you've been working remotely but there's an in-person element you know there's there's, a, there's something special about you know jotting down ideas on a napkin writing <laughs> figures down in a back room and on like you know scribbling scribbling down and you know rough contracts and things like that there's a there's a part of that kind of not fever dream what am i trying to say like that ideal like you know kind of that you've got so many creative people so many business people in one place that things are bound to happen maybe that's the pivot the ESA can do because the ESA is like IGEA for like the equivalent of the IGEA that we have in here in Australia before America so like you you maybe ESA goes back and says you know what we are the industry body we make things happen and maybe that's how they're going to pivot and and that's going to be what makes E3 relevant again it's just going to be less for us you know watching along at home more for the actual industry maybe
1: that that feels like a really weak argument (laughs) well it's not weak but (laughs) but it's more like I think it's like they've already it's like with the announcement they've already yeah I meant more I guess I meant more as like they've already went ahead and said we're gonna try and make a big event for players right like that was kind of their main thing so it's like I'm not sure it sounds like they're already deciding not to do that you know it's like maybe yeah. like yeah, so like, like maybe they've already like because ESA and um, ReadPop like their goal is to or like what they need to do is reevaluate the value of E3 in 2023 to yeah. the industry and present you know a new value that is worth investing in like whether it's time or money or both just to you know be part of it and it's like it yeah. if it, like if they're really not interested as like they've like maybe they could have already failed in really yeah. trying to
0: do that. Yeah, because, like, back in the day, they would create, like, E3 would be around, would be early June, so you'd have all these developers, like, trying really hard, making EA, like, sorry, E3-specific demos, and then that demo just kind of gets passed on to PAX, which happens a couple of months after. If now there's no longer that extra kind of, like, kind of time pressure, maybe they're just going to be like, okay, we're going to take those extra two months and... And and just wait till packs, because that just gives our diff- That just might be a better way to spend resources if we don't if the, if we don't have to, you know, sell units at E3 by you know talking to retailers or even like getting on the, the you know the general news right. So mm. who knows? But it's none of. We're not we're not business people. We're not. <laughs> we're not on the inside. But I think. It is yeah. It is a huge challenge, like, for Reed Pop to figure out what to do with E three. And yeah, um, yeah. But
1: speaking of ominous game industry news, we get yeah. into the sad stuff. Um, so first up is the multiplayer game landscape is suddenly getting cold, and it's it's kind of it's very it's very um reminiscent of all the firings <laughs> that have been happening over the last few weeks in various areas in tech and games and all that. And now it's happening to games specifically, it seems. Mm. So, first off, Rumbleverse. Um, it has not been around long. It is the wrestling themed battle royale from Iron Galaxy, who you may know from Killer Instinct. So, it, it only launched in August last year. So, it hasn't yeah. even been six months. Or around you like it? Months. You played it. I played it. I don't think I liked it too much. Ultimately. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking about it afterwards, where it's like, you didn't stick it feels with like. It. No, I definitely didn't. Um <laughs> It's. I, I have my thoughts on how Rumbleverse could have gone, or but I also think it's just not something that I would have necessarily gravitated gravitated to, even if in its best form. But I do feel yeah. it made some major missteps that harmed it. Um, regardless, it was published by Epic Games um, in their open letter in to the Rumbleverse community. They post on the website as it quote, "It is our sincerest hope that this news, <coughs> sorry, that this movie. news does not." <laughs> Yes, sorry. Remembering Rumbleverse. Where's my tissues? Um, It is as serious, though. Remembering Rumbleverse and crying. Um, This news does not mark the end of Rumbleverse. You may not have seen the rumble in its final form, which saying it out loud was much sillier than I realized it was. But um, they're basically kind of (laughs) suggesting that it sounds like they want to come back to it in some form. Um, Maybe they actually own the IP to it. And it's being published, it was published by Epic Games and their server network stuff is probably handed by them as well. I, I don't know, maybe not. But it's like, you know, they probably own the property outright. So maybe mm. they want to turn it into like a smaller scale version, which honestly, from what I played, would make a lot more sense. Um, but it's, yeah, so, but that's, Rumbleverse is ending, I think, this month sometime. I, I don't actually have the date um, written yeah, down it's
0: here. Yeah, it's not very far away.
1: Um But yeah, so Rumbleverse is ending very soon. Um, After that was the announcement this morning, um, as of recording, um, of the end of Knockout City, which is the dodgeball-themed multiplayer game. Um, It was developed by Velen Studios, published by EA. Um, It is set to be shut down on June 6th, so the upcoming or current, I think the upcoming season 9 is going to be the final season. Um, But however which is a very it's a very cool feature happening is that um the Velen and Studios will actually be developing and releasing a standalone player hosted version of the game for PC, which means the game can just, you know, continue surviving and thriving with its fan base that, you know, this player base that currently exists. Like, you know, apparently it's not enough of a player base, sadly. But, you know, it's there and it's like being able to actually give them this version of it. Is, I think that's yeah. amazing like that's so rare pretty especially cool. for like you know games published by EA like it doesn't matter what publisher it yeah. is but by any big publisher being able to do that is that's an incredible thing to be able to do um, and lastly is the announcement was um, Echo VR which is um, developed by at Dawn published by Meta I think I kind of purchased the product outright like I'm not sure I think it existed mm. before Meta and then, yeah. then Meta chose
0: to own it um, like a lot of the VR space. Because um, it was like a, a spin-off of... So, it, is this the whole franchise? Like the, you know, Lone Echo, Echo Arena, like the whole franchise is being...
1: I think Echo VR is the original one. I, I, when I was reading about it, there oh, was some mention yeah. of Echo Combat that is also yes. being shut down. I, I, I have no real knowledge of much of it. Um, apparently, it's a bit like it plays... Like this Echo oh, VR yeah. specifically a vr shutting down
0: Echo Echo arena which is the, oh, the okay. multiplayer one mm. i think they are well, shutting down the them.
1: others too yeah yeah or if they're multiplayer i guess i'm not sure but um yeah so it's it was technically an esport um it was also a pretty popular multiplayer game in its own right apparently it plays a lot like ultimate frisbee or um, numerous other things but floating in 3d space which when I wrote that down I realised like oh, I don't know how Ultimate Frisbee plays. So I don't so hopefully that statement helps someone. But um mm. so um yeah, so Echo VR will continue running until August first later this year, at which point their servers and services will be shut down and you can't play it anymore. Um, on a related note, Meta's VR division also lost fourteen billion. So that's something that like kind of, you know, worthwhile news to have <laughs> note to have in regards to this news so it's um so yeah so i guess in that sense we might not be the last time we hear about a meta-owned vr thing being shut down within quite soon sadly Mm -hmm. but um yeah so lots of specific games suddenly being shut down which with three in a week i imagine won't be the last time we'll hear about that either
0: yeah yeah unfortunately the the shutdowns continue Oh with, yeah. Uh, <laughs> with <laughs> with uh, EA announcing it officially shut down two projects and uh, and a rumour being that there's a third project also affected. So uh, the first two projects that are being shuttered are Apex Legends Mobile and Battlefield Mobile. So the the uh, the smartphone slash tablet spin offs of their respective multiplayer franchises, which I'm very surprised by, because Battlefield Mobile, okay, Battlefield Mobile doesn't, Battlefield itself has struggled over the last few years, so having a mobile spin-off wasn't the best, like, it wasn't the best look for the franchise anyway, and I think a watered-down version of Battlefield isn't what people were clamoring for, but I was under the impression that Apex Legends Mobile was actually doing well. Okay. clearly not well enough but maybe like I've got no numbers to back that but I feel like even when we saw in financials like it was still steadily bringing in a lot of um like revenue but maybe not enough to justify keeping that and the studio afloat okay. which, uh, Yeah. apparently as part of this was later confirmed that the developer behind Apex Mobile was also getting shut uh, like shut down and being absorbed into i guess some of them being reabsorbed into the the EA behemoth like whatever <laughs> EA whatever you can call EA at this point <laughs> the ocean of <laughs> developers in EA pretty much pretty much and the the that third project um is this is this is came out of a report from Bloomberg apparently uh this third project was being worked on by uh, a team of 50 Uh, according to, quote, three people familiar with the matter, end quote. So this this game was going to be called uh, TFL, short for Titanfall Legends, because it was set within the Titanfall universe. Um, This apparently was meant to be like a single-player kind of story, a la Titanfall 2, which you played through... uh, I think, yeah, last week I think you talked about it. So... But, like... This is a bummer because like I would d- I would pay anything to like get Titanfall back because as for as good as Apex Legends is I think Titanfall 2 plays better. I think mm. uh, the story in that was really good and the the multiplayer in it was phenomenal as well. Like the the verticality, the movement and everything. I've I've talked about Titanfall 2 I think quite a quite, quite a few times and, especially <laughs> and you have not even finished streaming. It. <laughs> and I haven't even finished the campaign. I think i just like once I got onto the multiplayer, I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, that's actually worth mentioning because I'm pretty sure the report, I, I haven't looked into it properly. I remember reading some bits of it, but I don't think yeah. it, it included a multiplayer segment.
0: No, this was just, as of this stage, it was just single player. Yeah. Know, so in, the, in that sense, because like, like, I think it yeah. has
1: a bunch of story details and it sounds like Titanfall 2 stuff being kind of continued on with Apex stuff sort of like yeah. it felt like very Titanfall presented by Apex I guess yeah. is the idea but it's without like the, the multiplayer segment yeah like it sounded like it was mostly a cool thing to make with Titanfall I guess like a cool way to yeah. do another Titanfall campaign off the back of Apex but just also as the, like as a the, way to get people universe. into Apex you know as like yeah. I guess that was the idea is it like it's almost like a big paid demo for Apex you know
0: yeah cuz like i'm sure that like it's no secret that way many more people played apex legends com- compared to titanfall 1 or 2 so for a lot of those like the only part of the lore that they even are aware of is via apex legends so it kind of makes sense like having the the polished campaign of something like titanfall 2 but then building on the law established in Apex Legends, so you've got a lot of that brand recognition. Like, there's, there's, it, I mean, there's always room for mechs and uh, <laughs> and robots. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like hell yeah. Like an, another, another one of those would be amazing. Um, yeah, and it's but it's yeah. like I think it's like <laughs> on one
1: hand, I kind of get why EA yeah, would cancel a single player only project like this when yeah. it doesn't have like a direct Way to like make further money, you know. Like it kind of does in a way, but it's like yeah. I don't think you need to spend millions and millions of dollars making this single player thing to try and get people into Apex when you could probably do it in a cheaper, more direct way. I don't know. Mm. Maybe not. Like that's like I don't think that's an excuse to like just you know not do a cool creative thing. Like I'm not saying it like I'm just saying it's like of of most game cancellations, this one makes more sense within context to me, Mm. but like maybe this was like their first thought when they were kind of, EA's been like you green lighting more single player projects I wonder if this is going, it's like I wonder if we can do like our version of COD where it's like there's the campaign there's the multiplayer suite and then there's like Battle Royale and it's like what if we kind of work backwards and do start doing single player campaigns and then also do Titanfall multiplayer again but I could also see there's not I can't really see the reasoning in that when Titanfall didn't make work yeah. well enough even though Why? they didn't set it up very well like
0: uh, like uh, according to the report there were 50 people working on the team and uh, you know EA apparently management said that um, they're gonna try and move those people onto other projects within the EA or respawn but if if not they'll be they'll get you know redundancy packages and the like. But imagine, imagine like they've already got that kind of story set up, right? Now, picture this. It's like, imagine over, say, 12 months of Apex Legends, right? So that's like four seasons, I think, of content. Like normally, sorry. So imagine like every... Like, imagine they took on like a Destiny-like, Destiny-like model where you had the multiplayer, right? But then you had like little, you know, half an hour, 45-minute story missions you could play every week that kind of told a little chunk of the story and maybe you could match make. and, and what if it like featured the, st- the characters from Apex Legends because some of them do have direct ties to the Titanfall lore and then like maybe it's like little vignettes about them because we get all those uh, pre-rendered or CG kind of video snippets every every season to establish the new character and their motivation but imagine that was playable And it was like, maybe it was a flashback or or something like that, you know. Like, for example, Valkyrie, she is the daughter of one of the uh, Titan pilots that you fight. and Or one of, like, kind of the the bosses you fight and and kill in Titanfall 2. Now, imagine, instead of just seeing the cutscene of the flashback, you played, like, a mission where, you know, you're playing as her you know from the father's perspective or you know what I mean like a little little snippet and then at the end of that season it's like one chunk of story done and then a new season comes and it's like a v- like a series of vignettes about another character like and then by the end of it, it it's like cultivates in maybe like a titan mode within Apex Legends that you play as your different characters but then you can jump into a A titan and and you know what i mean like maybe it takes place on a different version of the map or something but it's like you can still reach the huge player base of something like apex legends but take it and then but you you still bring back the titans and just like fortnite did with zero build where people who didn't want to deal with all the building building now have a way to play the game and enjoy it imagine people who didn't want to deal with all the abilities and stuff of like the apex legends heroes which basically were just the abilities you had in Titanfall two anyway like imagine people who wanted the titan gameplay get that in a separate mode like maybe that could be something that could you know please both sides of of the of the camp that just sounds like that
1: it's a long road to Making Titanfall again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I love the dream, but it's like, <laughs> um, but, it's, but it's within
0: yeah. Apex Legends, so EA still counts it as like, you know, instead of a separate project that failed, it's part of a larger project that makes money. And if anything, the Titan mode just adds more revenue because there's more skins and stuff you could sell. Yeah, because like,
1: like, doesn't Apex <laughs> have like a arena combat mode as well? It like, does. Isn't it called Arena? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there is already like like they've figured out a way to get the pilot versus pilot mode from Titanfall 2 into Apex Legends so it's like why not you know this is this is like a backdoor to bring the mechs to bring the Titans back into Apex yeah. I can actually definitely see that
1: with that mode existing where it's like yeah. they could definitely get there eventually 100% but yeah like it just like it um, yeah I think it depends on how much the Titanfall fanbase will like growth like um you know snowball in over time yeah. with new yeah. people who don't haven't played it before but get excited about, you know because i feel like that's what get, happened yeah. with, like silent Imagine hill and dead space where it's just like oh man i love dead space but i never played it Or it's like there's lots of people like that and like silent yeah. hill as well because they haven't released <laughs> one in ages but yeah. it's like people are excited about it because it looks cool and people like it so it's like yeah. i think like eventually maybe that'll happen but ea doesn't well i mean they made dead space i guess yeah, um, yeah, which we'll get to later, I guess. Oh, and we'll also get to now because on EA note, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been delayed to April. So it was originally meant to come out in mid March. Mm. Now it's coming out at the end of April. Um, in the in a statement made by the dev team at Respawn, um, they says quote We are now focused entirely on the final stage, bug fixes to enhance performance, stability, polish, and most importantly, the player experience." Which sounds good, because the first game launched with a lot of bugs. So yeah. it sounds like they're trying to get rid of those, which I'm happy about. <laughs> it sounds like a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it doesn't hurt if it means a better game. And mm. I think EA can't afford to have another pull launch after you know Battlefront and Battlefield. So I think yeah, it's, it's the right thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, I'm still kind of excited about
0: it with Cal's mm. beard and all that. <laughs> but well, you um, know, he's, this is when he goes to the dark side, right?
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's, face repair. What yeah, are you doing? Exactly, <laughs> right?
0: It's the Jack 2 thing. It's like, didn't Jack 2 do that back in the day? Like, it was like, he got a, he got a beard. Yeah, goatee. And that's <laughs> like, yeah, he got a goatee. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or is that what it was?
1: Or like, what what is the one that's called just on the chin? Or is that also called a goatee? Mate, I, I think that's
0: the goatee. And then the one below the mouth is called a... F- uh back they used to call it a flavor saver back in the day. I don't know what it's actually no, called <laughs> yeah, they did hundred <laughs> percent that's not <laughs> the official name <laughs> I, don't I yeah, love I, don't I don't know, official. A guess yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to contact the the international facial hair council and and find an official statement from there from their guidebook. Maybe <laughs> Google's not good enough for us <laughs> no, no we need we need the i f c approval. <laughs> oh uh, yeah but yeah. otherwise i
1: think that kind of wraps up the news for this week yeah. lots of a, a big cool one and then a lot of bad ones
0: yeah yeah it's i don't know maybe i'm gonna hold that hope that respawn and vince like vincent pala like somehow finds a way to 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 get Titanfall back in front of players without like right under ea's nose like they I always thought that would happen. That's that's my dream. Yeah, someone's <laughs> got to have that dream. <laughs> okay, you know, you know the thing is like I gave it away for free. I should have I should have like <laughs> sent them a letter or something. <laughs> Blackmails right there. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for the news for this past week. How about we talk about what we've been playing slash watching? John, you've uh you you finally watched Black Panther Wakanda forever. It's uh a little late, but it's on Disney is that where you watched it or Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little late. Um Yeah, 'cause I think it came out
1: later than some of their movies tend to they've been rolling yeah. them out on Disney. Um yeah, so yeah, I watched Black Panther two a couple of days ago. Um I didn't I didn't mind it. I don't know, I wasn't like super high on it, but I've also feel like I've been pretty lukewarm on a lot of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um for a while now. And I think definitely kind fatigue of, yeah but it's yeah and I think a lot of it's just not yeah I don't know That yeah that's a basic, good enough way I might get further into that but it's um, yeah so I'll kind of run through my opinion quickly because I made a bunch of notes for myself and I was just like oh, oh I can run through some of them Um, it's yeah. like one the action is still pretty disappointing <laughs> it's not something I really care about all that much but I was like yeah. I was thinking a lot about it during this one it's like man there's so many camera cuts and it's so annoying <laughs> how yeah. Mediocre it always is in Ryan, Ryan
0: Coogler Who's the uh, director It seems like his Action's not his strong point It's more the story It's more the But It's, the like, it's all
1: the Marvel stuffs Like that you know Like there's yeah. almost no Good action in Marvel Because it's like It's so much like It's just flurry of action Rather than like you know Clear frames of movement And
0: like Except for Civil War I think Civil War was the And yeah, maybe. I think Winter Soldier's Civil War because it didn't have so many different characters. I mean, there was, but it was like, but they had like kind of, they spotlighted a few different set pieces on and focus on two people fighting. Yeah, but than, it's like you know, a bazillion.
1: Yeah, though I, I did really like a couple of moments, a, a couple of scenes in Black Panther. Like you know, I guess I try not to spoil too much, I suppose. But it's like, um, like the finale being basically a castle siege on the water. Like once yeah. I realized what was happening, it's like, oh, that's the coolest idea! I love that so much. <laughs> and like, it, like the action still—it was shot in a way that wasn't the most exciting, but it was still really cool. I really enjoyed like the that. premise of it. Yeah, like I thought that, like that was like it felt like one of the most inventive set pieces I've seen in Marvel thing in ages. Just, even yeah. though it's quite basic, it's just like, oh, this is so fun. Like it's so—I mean, it shouldn't be fun, I guess, in this movie because it's all about grief. And uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's no, I mean. Anyway, get, getting off track there. But it's, um, I, I was kind of, I was thinking, I thought the most about performances in this movie. Mm. About, okay. um, like just about how individual actors were. And I ended up getting really hung up on accents a lot. <laughs> not in that I <laughs> okay. know them well, but it's like, cause you know, like the Wakandan accent is sort of, I think it's like a pastiche of various Different, African yeah. accents. Um, yes. And I, I'm not gonna say I know that intimately, but I did think a lot of them sounded different from each other <laughs> in a way that yeah. ended up getting a little distracting. Um gotcha. I thought um where'd I have it? I thought Letitia Wright was very, very good. It kind of it, it really it Who plays me Shuri? At- yeah, she plays the main protagonist in this movie in particular. Um yeah, I I she's a very good actor. I haven't seen her in much. I already knew she was very good. I just haven't seen the stuff she's in. Um it really bums me out. She has like some really awful, bigoted views because she's a very good actor. <laughs> she's a very good performer. And in terms of accents, she's definitely the best at it in this movie in terms of yeah. doing it with kind of an accent. From yeah, like the she's last she does, film to this one. Because I realized over time, it's like, man, some of these actors, like they really lay it on heavy on the accent in a way that sounds extremely n- unnatural over time. Or at least the more I focused on it, at least. yeah, ended up feeling, sounding like. They're putting so much work into the accent. <laughs>
0: Is that <laughs> okay? I, I <laughs> I'm thinking the two characters I'm thinking about are, uh, um, like I think I talked about like Queen, the Queen, and yeah, I'll get uh, to her, but um, and okay. Nyong'o, um, as uh as Nakia,
1: yeah, that's that's yeah. right yeah like like none of them were terrible i was just i just ended up i was just so hooked on that con that idea throughout the movie i kept thinking <laughs> about it and yeah because angela bassett she plays the queen whose name yep. i don't remember specifically um, ramonda okay um yep. her performance is wild i did not remember her performance being so wild in the original because <laughs> yeah. i guess she just wasn't in it much but it's like she yeah. is like She hands it up so much. She plays it so theatrically. And like, I thought it was was, awesome. (laughs) I I thought certain moments worked really well. Like, when she was basically allowed to be alone and like big in a performance in a way that really worked. Mainly in her grief centric moments, I think. Everything else, like, where she, uh, like, I felt like her performance clashed with others quite hard (laughs) because she was just so, like, she ended up like, being like really overbearing like dominating almost as a performance in a way that i enjoyed sometimes but other times it just felt too like but also i I kind of love how much that speaks to the character though because it's like that makes a lot of sense for that personality though and and the the weight she
0: has on her shoulders after everything that's happened
1: yeah, but it's like, that. you know, those kind of people exist, especially yeah, older yeah. generations. <laughs> or yeah. it's just like they, you know, they have like a theatrical nature to them. Like, just like <laughs> yeah. very, like, yeah. Are, um, are you
0: speaking, uh, like, what did you think about her... Okay, we're going to go into spoiler territory here because, okay, you, 49 minutes, 49 and a half minutes, you know, you've been warned, spoilers ahead. So, what did you think about her like are you, are you saying like when you're talking about grandiose and like you know her being overbearing like the scene when okoye like after okoye is like lost shuri and ironheart and and she's come back and then she's like oh i've lost i've given everything blah. blah, blah. and then the queen's like have i not lost everything like you know like whatever <laughs> like that scene is that what you're I don't know actually.
1: Like now I think about it, I don't remember it much specific. Like specific... I, I remember I remember her like strongest moments being like probably I could probably if I run through the story I could probably remember where those were. But I can't remember yeah. the parts where they were distracting. I think they were like basically anything else in the story. That she like where she <laughs> comes off in like a meaningful way. ends up yeah. being um but it's like it's not really a problem, but I just like I, I just like I think already I was already aware Bassett was meant to be great in this movie, and she is. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't really dispute that fact. I was just thinking it's like And ended becoming very um, a big focus of my cool. attention really over cool time. <laughs> yeah. um, the other person that's very good is um, Tenek Prater, who plays Namor. He is excellent. Yes. I I, yes. I was I I wasn't ex- actually I was kind of I was a lot more impressed by him than I thought I would be because I didn't yeah. hear a ton about him when the movie came out because I, yeah. I remember reading one comment saying like did they go, you know, did they do comics anymore? And it's like, and I saw one, you know, a reply going like, oh, not really. They kind of kept themselves. But I was like re- watching yeah. it. It's like, I think they got pretty close for this movie, like for his introduction. Because Namor's is like yeah. a really, he's, he's a very specific personality in the comics. And yeah. I don't know what it
0: is. Very um, sure of himself. Yeah, but and, he's like. And powerful.
1: He, yeah, but he's like very charismatic. And with so much charisma that it borders on like, constant like seductiveness you know like that like that is like always the vibe that he is sending everyone (laughs) else's way um and i think he he
0: he did that yeah i thought like this picture was really good
1: yeah i thought he nailed like all of it like i was like i was expecting someone more generic which i think is normal for marvel to have like villains be like pretty forgettable like they're either extremely memorable like killmonger was as well yeah. or you know or the opposite and you just don't think about them ever again. Okay. Um,
0: to that point, let me ask. Okay. Top 3 Marvel villains. What I are don't yours? Know. <laughs>
1: I like Killmonger a lot. I actually okay. I think Na- Namor might. I don't know. Namor's very memorable in a way that doesn't feel like he dominates the movie. And, and you know, he's
0: a really good way. And he's like Killmonger in that like he's not evil for the sake of being evil.
1: Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Basically, like it definitely puts a lot more work into making him, like you know, sort of like sympathetic, but he is a very good antagonist still, where he doesn't just become kind of like a secondary protagonist in a way or something. You know, like where you just kind Mm. of lay, you know, kind of pile sympathy, sympathetic qualities and motivations on top of him until now he's the character everyone remembers and cares for. Where that shouldn't probably shouldn't happen where I feel like Namor is like somewhere, you know, is he fits in a good sweet spot in terms of being understandable, but still easy to root against in yeah. terms of what he's doing. And
0: like, I think Tana Khoeta kind of did a really good job about talking about like depicting a leader who is very reluctant to like violence is the last thing he wants to do, but it's like you've made like, I think he really like you really believed him when he said, like, he he tried to say, I'm going to give you the chance to make things right. And then, like, even his own people questioned why he hasn't been more vindic- vindictive well, earlier. Well, that's something, that's another thing. Like, that actually
1: leads me to something else that I wrote down, which is, like, okay, he feels like, like, one of Namor's qualities is that he's, strate- like he's a strategist. Like, you yeah. know, in terms of, like, those Marvel Cards with the, all the stats on them, like his like strategic tacticalness or whatever, would be would be up level. He's like the constantly high level. playing,
0: yeah, snap like, in his head.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way I put it. he <laughs> um, basically like he sees like the people and like the, he sees the world around him in strategic terms primarily. And I felt like that's what um, Tenoch, like the actor, got through across pretty well. Like, that's yeah. how I felt at least. is like he, he kind of he doesn't see people coldly necessarily, especially no. his people but he does always have a layer of, like, tactical awareness of how everything fits in around him, you know? And, like, that's kind of... I I, I really enjoyed that part. I also really enjoyed that they gave Namor, like, a fuckload of powers. Like, he is powerful. Like, I felt like he wasn't just, like... Because I feel like that's what Marvel does a lot is just having another version of the hero to face off against because they do that all the time. And that's not innately bad, but it's gotten really repetitive. Um, and it's like, it felt like Namor is like genuinely more powerful than anyone else in this movie by a long shot. And yeah. he barely loses. <laughs> and, like, and like, it felt like they really just gave him like a, bu- a big bundle of superpowers that yeah. rivals almost anyone else in the MCU, as far as I remember. Yeah. Like outside like- of the cosmic people, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause like what he's got, the, he can fly like vision. He can, he's got the strength of like like Black Panther after he gets the juice, like the super soldier stuff. Yeah. And he he's like and he's got the the brilliant tactical mind of like a Tony Stark. And he's got the charisma of like a you know, like a, a Steve Rogers or something. Like both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers plus, you know, whoever else. And he's like he's literally a leader and a god like um Thor. <laughs> like you know like yeah. he's like a whole bunch of them together. Yet hmm. And, and the thing is, like, the only way to defeat him was to, like... <laughs> literally, like, almost kill him. Like, take away the things that let him live. You know what I mean? Like, mm. And then it's like, in the yeah. final
1: fight, it's like, he still is weakened. And he's still beating the hell out of shit. Like, it's still <laughs> yeah. such a close... Like, I mean, we're, we're just, like, geeking out at this point. But it's just, like, yeah. I really enjoyed that, like, that aspect of it, which I don't think is something to necessarily praise too much. But it's, like, yeah. I, I, I kind of expected him to be toned down, I guess, or yeah. something. And it's just like, oh,
0: well, wow, this feels like a threat. And, and I <laughs> this think even, even like his costume was pretty... I even think even his costume was pretty, like, notable. Like, it wasn't converted into, like, a full body suit or... You know, like, they do that a lot with like their versions or like okay Scarlet Witch oh yeah she's just she just looks like a (laughs) mum with (laughs) red clothes (laughs) yeah how can can we make these clothes tactical gear (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly whereas for him it's like no I'm just going to wear Speedos (laughs) (laughs) with with golden trimming and then um, the fact that they like they didn't hide away from like putting the wings on his feet which I think like they could (laughs) have yeah that's such a goofy thing to do
1: that I love that they went all in yeah.
0: on it Yeah <laughs> they, I swear there were times Where they like Purposely like Showed it off Yeah they did <laughs> um, Yeah uh, but um,
1: yeah. What Well I don't think I had Too many other thoughts On it actually I don't What know, did I,
0: you Oh sorry Okay on. I was gonna say What did you think About the ending Like oh, the Post credits Or mid credits oh. Whatever it was Oh, Just, yeah. oh the, I, yeah I don't have any particular
1: i remember reading i already knew about that already okay like i like i I actually spoil myself on a lot of marvel stuff nowadays because i don't really expect to watch it soon um and i like i I don't know it is just not too important to me but important enough that i'd like to know about it so i already knew about the spoiler that you're mentioning which is that um nakia what's her name again Yeah, nakia yeah nakia um that she's been um raising um
0: her child with tatala
1: yeah, I was trying to remember the. I was percent. thinking Chat I was thinking Chadwick, yeah, Ch- and it's like, wait, that's not that's not his name. Um, yeah, it's T'Challa's son. Um, and it's okay, like, yeah, yeah. So hopefully they don't do too much with that. That feels like I give like some. Uh, I like the idea of revisiting it in a while.
0: Yeah, but I really when he's, hope like that, old, when he's old enough.
1: Yeah, like uh, like because uh, I remember seeing some comments. that it was like, oh, you could do multiverse stuff like right away with him and get like a new Black Panther right away. And it's like, oh, I don't think that's the point.
0: I I really like it yeah, if they didn't no, do that. Yeah. The, the 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 alternate universe Black Panther I think would be cool would be what if like you know besides like the kill like the obvious one which is like what if Killmonger was Black Panther right mm. which I think has happened in the comics before but also like imagine what if what if it was like um, the Black Panther like what if Queen Ramonda was the Black Panther and she lost everyone but she herself didn't have any of the guidance to help her. You know, like that That kind of redeemed Shuri as the Black Panther. Like, I, I don't know. Like, imagine like, yeah, uh, my mind's gone well. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was
1: like, the Black Panther, like, as far as I remember or know, or I don't know, I, I barely read any of the comics themselves. But my understanding of the comics is that Wakanda is basically constantly on fire <laughs> so yeah, there's like, always something uh, happening
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah cause I was watching like videos talking about like how powerful is like T'Challa's rendition of Black Panther and like in the comics he's fucking he's like powerful like he've like apparently like he, even his ancestors um were worthy enough for Mjolnir so he had, he inherits that <laughs> yeah. and also like yeah, right. generations have been fighting against Mephisto which is like I'm pretty sure that's like Marvel's equivalent of like the god of the underworld right like yeah the something devil. like that yeah, i didn't sorry. know about
1: that part actually <laughs> i yeah. didn't care about that <laughs>
0: yeah so it's like holy shit because the thing with black panther is when you become a black panther you inherit the knowledge and the experiences of all the previous black panthers and you because you are you are Wait, communing you? with them i thought that yeah. was okay yeah that
1: sounds just like avatar <laughs> yeah
0: so be, because you're communing with them you you to ch- like in the in some of the comic arcs he literally uh, can control the dead. He becomes the god of the dead. Like it's like crazy, like how powerful he can be. So it's like, wow. Yeah, that sounds comic books.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, but we've been talking yeah. about Black Panther for fifteen minutes. So yeah. what have you been playing lately?
0: Two things: Hi-Fi Rush, beautiful game. I I think that, like visually that game looks really really nice. It's like like it's crazy how well they do the. Like, okay, these are 3D character models in a 3D world, but it really does a cell shaded look very well. And it seamlessly moves from cutscene to uh, gameplay. So the premise is you're like a teenager who signs up to be a volunteer at this organization. Basically, they're providing free augmentations for volunteers and like giving them like robotic body parts and stuff like that. You go in as you're going through a procedure, the procedure is meant to give you a robotic right arm that's magnetic and that it turns out that it gives you the... You were destined to become a trash collector. (laughs) But through some unfortunate mishap, your MP3 player that you were listening to music with fell into the... onto your chest during the experiment. So now it's like you're permanently bonded to it. So it's like Tony Stark arc reactor style. Your body is powered by an iPod and so you have the ability you the whole world moves in rhythm to the songs that are playing in the background and as you go on through the level different elements of the song get built on and the attacks you do if you time them to the rhythm of the song to the beat to the pulse of the song you do stronger combos and things like that so it's it's a really cool look you've got a robot you've got a robot cat buddy that like just it's is really... Cool. Like, it's su- it's such a... It's like a game that actually has a lot of style to it. And I don't know the last game that had a lot of cool style to it, besides maybe, I think, like, Persona 5. A lot of people, liked, I said like, said that was Six a very stylish style. game. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, I don't know, maybe some of the Yakuza games. Like, I'm sure Yakuza 0 has got its own kind of kooky style. Like, I know some of the characters in it do, but... Yeah, like, it, it's... it's I haven't. I've only played like an hour and a bit because I, I I moved on to Dead Space because I, I I wanted to I want I want to review that while well, it's like basically I'm making a commitment to myself that I actually will play games that come out in this year, not just Destiny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my quest. So um, yeah, it's been fun so far. Like John, if you because now the because now you got the PC, like it's it's on Game Pass, like it was like a day one release. I think it's only like a six hour, like five six hours. So I I would be curious to th- to see what you think about it if you if you play it, like cause it's it I'll, is. I'll, a cool I'll definitely remote. try and
1: play it around time Redfall releases. That's uh, yes. at least so you can you know, time if yeah, if yeah. not sooner, sooner. Get
0: get get the most for your <laughs> one month of one dollar whatever they.
1: Offer saying that, that loud, program. that sounds like a dumb thing to do. So I might play it sooner. Actually, <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. like it sounds good though. I've I think heard you'll a lot like it. things. I think I yeah. think
0: it's like a good. Game to kind of get lost in. And like, yeah, it's got like kind of like really silly humor, but it's like just just have fun. Like, well, are you planning yeah. on playing more of it? Yeah. 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 I want to finish it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, as soon as I finish Dead Space, I think I'm going to finish it. Okay. Uh, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to hear it, what yeah. you
1: think of it overall. Though. Yeah, I don't yeah, think, you, I'm yeah. not sure you've played too much, like enough yet to have like a. Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. But it, it's been fun from, um, from what I've played. And I was playing it through. <laughs> I was playing it through in-home streaming from my PC to my TV through like Moonlight through like game streaming so maybe there's like it's been a bit difficult with the timing sometimes so maybe that's like a, maybe there's a little bit of latency from all like the, you know the, the the, game streaming and stuff so I think when I played on my PC like, like directly maybe a lot of the timing and stuff might be tightened up and it'll be like a bit easier to get the like the combos and everything on time but I, I think it's a really cool game really stylish I like the soundtrack so far um people complain that oh it's like it's like songs from like the 2000s and like 2011 it's like so like just have fun like wait why
1: would people is that as
0: it's like oh it's songs your uncle listened to <laughs> and stuff like that like who cares just enjoy it
1: <laughs> yeah it's a weird thing to get hung up on yeah but anyway yeah um yeah but you've also been playing dead space
0: yeah, so I've been playing uh, Dead Space Remake, which just came out, and thank God that I have DLSS because even with my new graphics card... <laughs> yeah, I was, like, gonna, I was actually <laughs> going to mention your <laughs> graphics card, yeah. Yeah, because even with my new graphics card, like, if I turn off DLSS, which is, like, NVIDIA's AI-powered upscaling feature, like, if I try to play it native 4K with DLSS turned off... Like, granted, I'm playing it with, like, pretty much almost ultra settings because I'm, like... Fuck it. Let's burn (laughs) this place. Play with with ray tracing. (laughs) Yeah, like burn it. Um, Burn this computer. Uh, Yeah, like it's like running in like the mid 30s, which is not very, because it fluctuates, so it's not really smooth. But playing with DLSS, like it's like 90 plus in most scenes. But it still looks very good. Mm. So there's just some crazy wizardry going on there that I don't fully understand, but I'm not going to question it because it's, uh, I've been enjoying it and. (laughs) I was shitting myself and yelling and swearing for the first like hour, and then once you kind of settle into the rhythm of it and you you get more power, um, powerful weapons and stuff. It, it it it's actually it actually like, I've been thinking about the game, when I when I'm not playing it, which I think is like, the ultimate sign that a game is good is that you when you're not playing it, you want to be playing it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this game has addictive qualities good yeah i mean <laughs> no i get what you mean
0: there <laughs> like, like have you played the original no so i haven't played the original so i don't i haven't played the original trilogy i own one and two because like they've been free through origin and amazon or whatever mm. over the years i mm. never kind of got back to it and apparently like dead space one doesn't really play well on modern systems without a lot of mods like a lot of kind of yeah. fixing things. I was I was
1: actually looking into like... Because I've got them on my Steam account as well, like 1 and 2. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I haven't played them in a while. Because I, I, I read a review that kind of talked about how 1 and 1, the original, compared to the remake. And it made me yeah. kind of interested in replaying the original again. Yeah. Um, just because I have it there. And it's just like... <laughs> I, like looking, I was trying to figure out... Because uh, I yeah. might do it still, but it sounds like... It's definitely one of those games
0: where you have to put in some time. Like Rock, Paper, Shotgun published an article... A guide to making the original game work on Windows 10 and 11. And I'm like, okay, that that says enough right there that there needs to be a, a guide on <laughs> a mainstream site for it. Yeah. Um, but looking at, because I haven't played the original, I know the general premise, which is that uh, you you're playing as an engineer who comes to a like comes to the aid of a distress call from a uh, like a mining ship that discovered this alien artifact on a alien planet. Turns out this alien artifact is turning everyone into monsters. And, and uh, wh- what do you know? Abandoned space station. Creepy monsters. Tell me if you've heard this before. But it is really, like I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And now that I'm getting a little bit more kind of like, like upgrading my abilities and stuff, like it, it is getting more fun. And, and the thing about it is that like even looking at the digital foundry kind of like review of it like it, it's pretty faithful to the original game in terms of the, the overall story and, and the set pieces and and the locations but what they've done now is that with the first game they had to make like if you actually look at the whole map of the first game it actually doesn't make sense in space because to make the load like to make all the geometry and everything work they had to kind of make things like, do weird things with, like, perspective and, and where everything is. Whereas in this game, they've made the entire ship, like, a consistent um, like a consistent object. So, you, you it kind of is believe like, whereas in the first game, there'd be a lot of, like, elevators and loading screens to get from one area to another. Here, it's almost seamless because they've yeah, actually like rendered out the whole ship. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: it's, like, from my understanding of it, it's, like, the first game is kind of level-based where you're kind yeah. of hopping around like spaces that are, you know, designed individually. And now it's been designed as like a whole singular space technically, even though you're still yeah. kind of, you know, taking trams one place to the other.
0: Yeah. And so this one kind of like makes a lot more sense, I guess, in in like spatially, but it's it definitely does play, like you can definitely tell it was a game from 2008 because it's still like one of those things where it's like, okay, I've come into this open space I know there's going to be a fight because I see, like, items everywhere. And I know there's a switch on the other side. And one, and that switch is going to say, turn off the lights. And obviously, what's going to happen when you turn off the lights? Suddenly, vents and stuff come out of, like, you know, burst open and monsters are going to come at you. But it's kind of predictable in that way, which is kind of cool. And, uh, like, it's, it's really creepy. Like, <laughs> and it was kind of, like... It was actually kind of fun that, like, I came up to this thing that was meant to I think it was meant to be, like, a pivotal moment. Like, you're fighting, like, this boss thing. But I just got, like, the assault rifle and, like, the plasma rifle. And it's alt fire is basically... You use 25 bullets and you basically made, like, a proximity mine. So, I just made two of those and killed the boss in, like, two seconds. So, I was like, oh. So, okay, there's a logic to this as well. Like, if you... Like, or maybe I was just, like... Maybe I did something that I wasn't meant to n- think about in the moment mm-hmm. like you're meant to be panicked and like shooting like crazy so it's, it's a lot of fun because the, the whole thing is like you can't just shoot the aliens in the head or the monsters in the head you have to like you use because you're an engineer all that's around is like engineering stuff so the first weapon you get is called the plasma cutter which is used to like cut cut metal and, and different things but what you're using it for is to cut off limbs of the aliens of the monsters and that's what gets kills them so if you chop off their legs they can't um, th- it slows them down they're going to have to crawl to get to you if you chop off their arms they can't slash at you they can still attack you but they can't like do as much damage and then if you if you cut off enough of them then they die and then you can the best part of the game is that you can go up to them and just curb stomp them and then just a, it's like a like a final fuck you to like oh god get the fuck out of here <laughs>
1: yeah they're big gore piñatas yeah. that you yeah, pretty much crack open for and then you get like a boss. bonus item
0: so it's like cool yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i like one. it yeah <laughs> and,
0: and and the thing is it, it, it does the it also does the thing where it's like okay i know there's going to be a monster coming out of this vent or that thing or that door and i know that um when the if the music starts there's monsters around <laughs> if the music stops i'm i'm good mm. unless there's like uh like a thing that they subvert that whole expectation later on which can happen which would be kind of cool and it would also like fucking make drive me crazy because then I would not be able to trust anything in the game anymore (laughs) yeah because like um, yeah because I've been thinking
1: uh, not to distract too much but I've been thinking about RE4 lately and Dead Space is very very indebted to Resident Evil 4 for sure sure. and the remake just had like a big info dump because of Game Informer's like cover game this week or this month um so it's like I'm suddenly very hyped for RE4 remake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm thinking about like you know like the music thing. It's just like oh that's right that's the thing RE4 did. Like I wonder where it came from, but I know RE4 yeah. did it. Where it's like you hear the music. And it's like oh, okay combat time, and then the music goes away. It's like okay good. Hmm. Um like and it's like it's like it's one of those it's like a soft horror thing where it's like yeah. it's not trying to scare you too much because you know when you're gonna get attacked.
0: Generally. It's, yeah, it's like that tension and release thing. Yeah, (laughs) Um. but yeah, no, uh, yeah. Like it's been fun so far. Like you know, playing around with the different abilities. Like your 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 main two abilities so far that I've seen are like you can freeze, you can slow down time, you shoot basically any anywhere. Like you shoot, and then in that zone, time slows down. So you chucking on enemies, it stops them from moving as quickly. You chucking on a door, that's like kind of slamming shut and stuff like that, so you can slow down that slam, so you can get through before it, you know chops you in half and and that one you've only got a limited amount of uses but then you can replenish it but the best part is that the other ability which is like telekinesis sort of like you can lift force lift objects and throw them that's unlimited <laughs> so I've literally just been walking through area to area with like a giant box in front of me so that if anyone comes towards me like I've got like a shield and then I can just throw it at them if they're like getting too close yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is I'm just to remember. dumb. I, yeah, because I don't yeah. think
1: the first this first game originally had telekinesis. I think that's something they that added. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, maybe. I, I don't. Uh, it I, doesn't matter. I, I, I was just yeah. thinking. I was more thinking about like the unlimited use part. It's like, wait, was that how it was as well? <laughs> like, probably was. I just don't remember. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm playing on a medium, so maybe that changes when it's like, um, like one of the more higher difficulties. But like, I'm not crazy enough for that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's been fun so far. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: Good. yeah, like I'm excited to play it as well. Eventually, I was kind of debating whether to actually like pay full price for the PS5 digital version because yeah. that's all I could. you know, because I don't, I don't know, I don't oh, love playing like get, super disc, intense yeah, yeah. versions yeah. with um yeah. on my PC or or paying like I don't know. It's gonna be expensive either way. As just like I don't mm. like. It sounds like it runs really hard <laughs> in a way that my graphics card, yeah. even being a pretty modern one, would still struggle with. Trust me, in DLSS Indiana. is your friend. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, it's like, oh, I bet it'd look really <laughs> nice on PS Five, though. Yeah, I was just like, wondering.
0: It, I think, yeah, it 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 does, and there's different kind of like performance modes and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, maybe what if it comes to EA because there's like because it's on that EA Play Premium Pass on PC, which is like the upgraded version. But if you do end up getting, I think Game Pass Ultimate, like whatever for Redfall slash High Fire Rush. Maybe by that time, it'll be on, like, normal EA Play, which is bundled with Xbox Game Pass. So, mm. maybe you could kind of play three games in the space of a month, which is its own uh, problem. I, yeah. It definitely won't
1: be on that Yeah, Like, I wouldn't mind playing a trial of it just to see if... It, I guess I could just yeah. buy it on Steam and then refund it. I keep forgetting I can do that. Yeah, because um, you can
0: play two hours and then...
1: Yeah, I I keep forgetting about that entirely. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll do that (laughs) because I do. I I'm not sure if I feel like playing it now, but I do. I would like. I still have an urge to play it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Just briefly, yeah. James Gunn, who's shepherding the. The DCU, no longer the DCEU, <laughs> which... Um, so, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it used to be called the DC Extended Universe. Now it's the DC Universe. So, basically, he laid out the first phase, so to speak. Let's just kind of, like, list... I'll just quickly list through the projects, but and then we can talk about our our, uh, our thoughts. So, the first project will be Superman Legacy, which is a... Uh, a live action film directed by gun oh um, could be directed. oh sorry it's written by him and potentially directed by him uh it's set to uh take place sorry it's set to uh be released on july 11 2025 which i think is weird to announce it this early but anyway um it's not going to be an origin story but instead be like kind of like given that it's called legacy, I wonder what that means. Like I expect some kryptonian shenanigans in there. Maybe mm. even introducing like Supergirl Supergirl. Is it Supergirl? Not Superwoman, right?
1: Supergirl? There's there's I think there's two of I think yeah, Supergirl Probably. though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and there's also like Superboy and Super Dog, whatever the other one whatever the dog's name is. Mm. So who knows, I, I, like maybe yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't remember if it was rumors or if it's just stuff Gunn's been saying recently, but I think Superman Legacy is meant to be like young Superman again, gotcha. so like Smallville huh. era gotcha. Clark, rather than you know later maybe. I don't like I, you know, especially as yeah. like the start of yeah. the DC universe again. Whereas like I imagine starting young also makes sense in that sort of way as well.
0: Yeah, and then and then it goes into what the Authority, which is um, well, let's see a bunch of superhumans. Um, let's see less than positive. Uh, less an idealistic approach to saving humanity in the world. Uh, and that was based on the comic books by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. as like kind of like, do whatever is necessary to get the job done. <laughs> no matter how much collateral damage it may re- result in. Uh, then after that, we've got The Brave and the Bold, which is the official introduction of the DCU's version of Batman, which is completely separate to Robert, Robert Pattinson's depiction in The Batman and the movies. Uh, it's also going to introduce the Bat family, and this is going to be centered around... It's going to have Robin, um, but Damien Wayne as Robin, which James Gunn said was his uh, his favorite Robin, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, so if it, I think in the comics, he Damien Wayne is the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia al Ghul, who's, um you know, the daughter of Raj, Ra's al Ghul, who's, uh you know, from the... the Was it the League of Assassins? Yeah, something like that. I I love Damian, (laughs) and
1: I'm very happy about this happening.
0: He's the one who like hates Batman, right? Or or, like he constantly gives him
1: shit. He does uh, initially, kind of. It's not really his main trait. He's he's more like um,
0: I think he's just a bratty kid. Yeah, kind of. of, uh, But he's
1: also an assassin with like extremely high level skills and stuff. Uh, It's like I I (laughs) I find him really fun. In like I really like. So it, it sounds like they're establishing. Both Damien... like I don't know, like we don't know at all, but and also it sounds like,
0: a like proper Robin this time around.
1: Yeah, which we haven't seen yeah. in a long time. It's like yeah. um, it sounds like it sounds like they could be establishing. Considering they use the words Bat Family, it sounds like they could be establishing yeah. like a whole the whole setup. You know, right mm-hmm. away with the other Robins as well and um, Batgirl and all that, like yeah. all the other Bat people. <laughs> There's a lot of them in the comics
0: right now, but they and they this could is based on the right uh, Grant Morrison. Batman run and apparently Gunn said that this was a this run was quote exceptionally influential on his direction for the DCU after that is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow which is based on King's Comics run of the same title from the last couple of years and then Swamp Thing uh, which talks about the dark origins of Swamp Thing quote unquote which is uh, so rumored that James Mangold who directed Logan and who's directing? I think it's the upcoming Indiana Jones, right? He didn't direct number four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no. he, it was apparently he's in talks to direct it, which which would be pretty cool because I, I really like Logan.
1: Yeah, I think he has like a really yeah. like gritty visual style, you know, like with like his movie because he, I forgot the other movies he made because he made Logan and it looks yeah, like it's very feel westerny like like feeling. He's made a few movies like wanted?
0: that. no, which.
1: No, uh, he definitely hasn't made that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. Um, no, he made a... Yeah, and like Ford versus I Ferrari.
0: Think. You know, the, the gritty Man. comic book reboot. <laughs> he also did The Wolverine, which I think was actually a pretty decent movie. Um, oh, wait, maybe he didn't do Proposition. I was thinking of... He did 310 to Yuma, so Walk the Line. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of, yeah. 310 to Yuma.
0: Some <laughs> of that, Cool. And um, yeah, after um, that is uh, Creature Commandos, which is an animated series for HBO Max, uh, just like, uh, okay, I'm not, not going to reference Velma here, um, so it, it was actually the first project greenlit by Gunn and Saffran, I don't know what Saffran's first name is, I'm thinking of Pete Safran, the comedian from Australia, but no, this is like, I think he's like the Kevin Feige character, probably, like the Kevin Feige equivalent.
1: I think Gunn is meant, to, yeah. Oh, yeah like actually, Gunn is meant to be the Feige equivalent, apparently. Yeah. Peter Saffron, someone else. It is oh, Peter, okay. actually. That's hilarious.
0: You got it right. Oh, maybe it's John <laughs> oh. Saffron. Okay. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, so he's written every episode of this series, uh, and it's going to be set. It looks like it's like a World War II version of Suicide Squad, uh, with like the classic monsters, like you know Frankenstein's monster and like whatever else is in the open. I think it was like basically. What do they call it? Open. Like, you know when it's out of copyright? Like, whatever it's called. <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, DC version of yeah, those guys. Yeah, I don't words <laughs> <laughs> um, So, basically, what? Yeah. Was it Universal? Tried to make that dark universe, but that never happened. With, like, The Mummy and Dracula and stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, that makes me laugh every time I remember it existed. Yeah. It, like, it happens so bad. <laughs> they released one movie and it yeah. immediately failed. Like, it's... It's, it's really funny. <laughs> still. Uh,
0: after that is Waller, anyway. which is, um, I think it's going to be, it's set around uh, the character of Amanda Waller um, and season two of Peacemaker has been put on hold, um, but the cast is going to show up in this spinoff. Uh, like, the whole thing throughout this thread is that the same, the aim is to have the same people, the same actors voicing the characters in games and, uh, like, animated features as well as being on tv and li- like and being on live action so that's that's kind of the goal here um then lanterns which is going to be like a he referenced true detective with hal jordan and john stewart who are like two different versions of uh of uh <laughs> green lantern which is
1: yeah true detective is a wild reference
0: and the fact that he, he said terrestrial based investigation story i think that just means it's on earth <laughs> I think that's just what that is <laughs> i don't know what yeah I guess you so to say there uh after yeah. that is paradise lost it's set to be like a a, a game of Thrones ish story according to Safran. um is set on the island of themiskira or i guess like is it also called paradise island i don't know because james gunn kind of said both uh but this is the island where the amazonians live where diana prince aka wonder woman is from um and talking about the political intrigue behind a society of all women, uh, end quote. And then after that is, uh, booster gold. Essentially the premise is that a loser from the future goes back in time to like now, Oh, sorry. Yes. He goes back to like our current day, but technology from, with like technology from the 25th century, he comes back now and kind of, because he's got all this advanced like technology, he's essentially a superhero in our time. And, He's like yearning for the affection and the respect of a superhero. Uh, so apparently he's a disgraced football star or former football star in the future. And he uses a time machine that he saw in a museum to come back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Biscoe's great. I, I've only read one like comic book with him in it. That was really awful. But I know as a character, he's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's really fun. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's that's... that's What's been announced so far? What do you think about it, John? Like, this is pretty ambitious.
1: Um, yeah, because we never actually mentioned the gun stuff, because I think it happened over our, the break a bit as well. Yeah. Um, but it's um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of putting Gun Gun in charge of all this. I think because like, I think the main thing with Gun, as you know, like evidenced on his movies himself, is that like he's really character centric mm. in a way that. DC hasn't been for, yeah. you know the entire time they've been trying to put a universe together like he he really enjoys using characters to tell stories rather than trying to create like this big spectacle mess of action which is kind of what a lot of the Snyder stuff was. Yeah. Snyder stuff was also extremely like um morose usually in a way that was not all that fun to follow along with either. I mean some people love it but I, don't, I think for most people, it didn't really connect. So I think having someone who really focuses, like, I know it's a kind of a broad generalization of, and like, uh, you know, and most storytellers do it in one way or another. But I think, like, I like the way Gunn focuses on characters, I guess. And I think, like, Suicide Squad and um, Peacemaker was good evidence of how he'll do that in the DC universe. Mm. Where it's like, and I, I.
0: That's got very good reviews. What does? Uh, peacemaker. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Peacemaker's is great. It's like I think uh, like him writing Superman Legacy is also a good, um, good fit for him. Like it's it's not really something he's written before, but I think his writing style does lend itself to something very um, kind of humanist.
0: Oh my God, he wrote the Scooby Doo movies. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's written a lot. Um, that's
0: hilarious. Yeah, so uh, like oh, wow. I'm very. <laughs>
1: I'm very, I'm personally very excited for the Superman movie. I think Brave and Bold is, I think that has a lot of potential to be very fun, depending on how they t- how they take it. I'm glad that the, mm. I don't think there was any confirmation of the uh, alternative, or like any suggestion otherwise. But like, I'm glad the Batman is still happening. You know, like Matt Reeves' version of that universe, because I think they, I think in the um, the stream covering all this stuff. They kind of mention it as Elseworlds stories. I think that's the word they're using. Um, and... Yes. Yes. Not... I saw that. Lanterns bit. I'm very curious about. That's... Like, I'm... They like, they want that to be a big deal because they said, like, huge HBO quality event. Like, True Detective.
0: Which is like, huh. Oh, no. No, like Velma.
1: What? They didn't never called that True Detective. But it's like, oh... <laughs>
0: As in, like a HBO event,
1: <laughs> it wasn't that either. It was just a it's just the show. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that that's yeah. But it's like uh, like mm. Lantern, like that lanterns show. I think the fact that it's just called lanterns is kind of like it almost reads as a parody. But I'm still very yeah, curious yeah. about like that one's like I'm so interested in where they're going with that because it sounds so weird yeah, already. Like a buddy cop. It looks like a
0: yeah. Because um. Cause, um I, I, like, DC, I'll 100% admit DC's, like, I don't, I'm, I, I like the idea of comics, I I don't get the chance to actually read a lot of it, so I just kind of, like, absorb it through, like, YouTube or whatever, I, like, is mentioned, right. so for me, like, I don't know, DC's never really stood out to me as, like, cool, because I think, unlike Marvel, like, the DC characters are basically all gods.
1: Yeah, it's like, I, I, I personally, I'm the opposite, like, I like Marvel fine, but, like, there's the, I don't know, we won't get into it, but like Marvel, like Marvel's like distinction was leaning kind of ground level. And then DC is the opposite yeah. where it's like, it's more mythic in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah. it's like, that's kind of, it depends on what you want from a story. Yeah, like in the tone is specific. I don't know. Yeah. Like DC is not like that hard to get into or anything, but no. you can bounce off it. For sure. Cause a lot of people gravitate towards Marvel style, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's, yeah. um, I'm not really sure I have much more point there, actually. But yeah. like I guess my point <laughs> is that I personally enjoy DC more than Marvel, on average. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm... I i have not been keeping up with the comics at all. But as far as I'm aware, DC's comics have been pretty, like, kind of in a rough spot line-wide in a well,
0: while. Well, they've been rebooted twice. I remember the New 52 was the big thing, like, 12 years ago or something. Then they just went through another reboot recently, I think. A few years ago. Oh,
1: they are... I don't know, they do it. Occasionally, I, I'm actually fine with the reboots. Yeah. Like, I I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it's like I, th- yeah. I think the idea that like the entire history of si- Spider-Man has existed for sixty years is harder to, <laughs> to like harder to stomach sometimes. Yeah,
0: because I mean even with Spider like Spider-Man has had different arcs. Like you know there was the Ultimate's universe and then the 2099 and then. Like, you know, and then the, but those are just I different guess, like, characters
1: mostly. It's like, but like the mainline amazing Spider-Man stuff is like technically everything that's not, ever yeah. happened has happened. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like, I like the idea of having like a known canon in recent history, you know, recent times. Yes, I like Because it
0: makes it, it's a less, it's a short, it's a much lower barrier to entry. You don't have to like feel like you're missing out on decades of, you know, like compulsory reading. Yeah,
1: and you can do like <laughs> weird takes on existing characters you know yeah. like that. Like yeah, the, I like the opportunities that doing reboots and stuff ha- gives creators yeah like more so like I like Elseworld stuff I like you know strange alternate versions that doesn't just amount to multiverse stuff but is actually just kind yeah. of cool version like cool like um you know like recolorings I guess I don't know mm. of existing things that I'm already aware of I don't know I'm not sure I have yeah. much point there either <laughs>
0: Mm. no fair enough fair enough now that that's yeah like at the end of the day it can't be worse than marvel (laughs) can it like can this be worse than what dc's been doing before or what marvel's doing now i i hope not now that there's like a i think the dc thing was there was never a coherent voice behind it Mm. so this having that might actually help But it also means that if you don't like James Gunn's style, you're probably not going to like all these things because it's going to have his fingerprints all over him. Maybe they're all like extremely
1: weird things, though. It sounds like like that. you know, like just way different to like speaking of (laughs) yeah. Basically, it's like Marvel does weird stuff occasionally. But like, I watched their like um, horror short, like the um, what's it called? Like yes, uh, it's not Man Wolf, is it? It's Man Thing, isn't it? it? But (laughs) something
0: like it's something like that, which I didn't even know existed, but technically is part of the MCU, yeah, yeah.
1: But it's like, I was like, I watched that, um, like when it came out, and I was like, I was disappointed that it ended up feeling so marvely you know, like it ends up just having the story of a lot of these movies, where it's like, oh, this was disappointing to me personally, like I I get, you know, I
0: was, yeah, I was talking to my friend who's a, a producer, like he works in like short, like he works in the industry not not in Marvel, but as in, like, he works in film and TV and, and, and production, and he's, like, yeah, like, basically what Marvel does is, like, okay, we're going to get some eccentric directors who've done indie projects before. Give them, like, a $200 million whatever budget, but they have to shoot it a certain way, they have to use a certain style of effects, and they have to make it fit, like, basically, like, it's a formula, you know, it's gonna make this much money. You can do whatever you want within this constraint. So the only like kind of diff, like the only different styles or anything that comes through is when it a different director tries a project, mm. and even then they've only got they're very constrained in what they can do.
1: Yeah. So it's like I'm I'm curious about where this new DC is gonna land. Where it's like
0: no sky beams.
1: <laughs> what, what's that again? I <laughs> don't know what that is
0: okay so you oh, know what sky, I'm, I'm, every, sorry i yeah. don't you know what you mean
1: now um
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no sky beams and no red and like red cgi like bad guy because that's basically what like that was dc's thing it was like everything was just like a red like steppenwolf and like uh Ares and whatever the guy was in Bla- black adam like they're basically just it was basically just ended up being like okay i'm a red Oh, Big yeah. guy.
1: Oh yeah, I never mentioned it, but I gave up on Black Adam like twenty minutes in. I hated that. I hated what oh I saw in that god. movie. Um, oh
0: god! So I was—I like, went to the movies for that man. <laughs> <laughs> Should have known better. That's my—that's my fault. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Oh yeah. So I guess, like, I guess my point is like, what I was going to say though. It's like based on what we've seen, I'm kind of curious to know how much of this will feel similar to each other. Because you're right. Like that yeah. has to be something of the goal. But I do like how individually, yeah. like how distinct each project seems to be from each other. Which I think is like, yeah. I didn't actually watch the presentation. I just read recaps. But as I understand it, the yeah. presentation like emphasized that we want variety um, as like right from the start, which is like, I'm, I'm so into that. You know, like that, like talking about lanterns, it's like that is so strange and weird from That's everything cool. else of this list. Nothing else is all yeah. that similar to one another. And I re-
0: uh, that yeah. speaks to me a lot <laughs> personally. So did he talk about? So he he talked about games, like he briefly mentioned them, but he didn't announce any here. So are we? So that upcoming uh, Suicide Squad game is that part of this? Because I don't think it is. No,
1: like, there's no way it compares. Maybe future projects. Yeah, I think yeah. Like I think there was some mention. Yeah. He was they were mentioning about how they wanted, to, I guess, more um, harmony. I Guess, like synergy, that yeah. word, um, like between yeah. the DC things, like DC projects, which is like I think there was a um tweet from um the director of Midnight Suns that released recently saying, yeah. like basically saying, if DC pushed this too hard, it would be the worst thing, like it just won't work if you try, yeah, you, you know, if you encroach on game development too much in this regard. But it's yeah. um,
0: mm. mm-hmm no that's that's yeah like let's be optimistic like this is a bit of a this is a huge i guess departure from what marvel's been doing like it's still got the same type of scope where you know there's definitely like arcs um but i think the main thing is that it's a whole bunch of different projects and across different mediums which is the main thing Hmm. so because that's something that marvel really yeah i i don't know man i'm just Marvel's just—I don't think like I'm not even that optimistic about like Secret Wars and all that because like I don't know. I found Kang very annoying in Loki, and I get that he's meant to be, but is he? He's like I the don't, star annoying of the is a time. weird. Character I found descriptor him, for him. I've, I was just like, as soon as he came on, I was just like, oh god, shut up!
1: But you're watching a Loki <laughs> show.
0: Yeah. You know who Loki is, which. Yeah, but he's he's nowhere near as annoying as Kang is. Kang is just like, oh, shut up. I don't even care. You're just like a guy in a purple robe. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's enough complaining about that uh, from my end. But at least I can report that Binge is a little bit better than before. Oh. It has surround sound on TVs now. <laughs> at least on the Apple TV app. Yeah. Which you have to, which you have to enable from, like something that pops up, like you can't even access it easily. Like th- the interface is terrible because it's still a, it's still a Foxel product. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and it's only ten eighty and it's only twelve megabits a second, which is like equivalent to like YouTube's, like four K stream. So it's like it's not a lot. Of, it's not a high bitrate, but it's enough that you can kind of get away with it if you've. The thing is, I've got a, a a TV that's got a good processor in it that can clean it up. Maybe if you're on like a, a lower-end TV, it might look a bit muddy. But at least it's got surround sound, no Dolby, anything, no HDR, no no Atmos, no nothing advanced. But at least it works. But so it's the it's picture quality. Like, because the money.
1: main thing I cared about was the picture quality. Is like, is that
0: the picture quality is decent? Okay. Yes, it is actually nice. It's it's not bad. It's like it's like a good YouTube video quality. Okay. Might be enough. Might be enough, yeah. But for me, it's like it's $16 a month. Managed to get a coupon to bring it down to $10 a month for it, which I still think is too much. But (laughs) that's just because we've been... I think I've been spoiled by all the other things that are like competent. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I like that. I I like like that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So. I don't know, like basically binge is the best argument for piracy. I think we've had in almost a decade of Netflix being in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll anyway yeah.
1: sounds that sounds like binge, yeah, yeah.
0: yep, yeah, so at least now that we've got a binge subscription like through through family that we can I think i'll I'll get to actually watch the Peacemaker show, oh, yeah, we watched the yeah. first episode of last of us, so not much to report there. we'll hopefully um we'll do something maybe. Maybe we'll talk about it In a, in a future episode But mm. Yeah uh, I want to watch Peacemaker Because uh, I remember you You were talking really Really highly about it Yeah And the reviews seemed to be Consistent as well So I love that show um, Yeah Yeah It was, it was um, Like Yeah Like he was a He was a character Like I think he He played it really well Like I th- uh, Like John Cena Sorry Playing Peacemaker I think he did a really good job Of the idea of Peacemaker That I had in my head Like I think he did A really good depiction of it but yeah. Now that's that's uh yeah, that's going to do it for the chit-chat section yeah. for this <laughs> feels like a, this yeah, episode. A lot of chit-chat <laughs> this episode. A lot a lot of chit-chat. Yes, it feels like a classic episode now.
1: <laughs> well we didn't stop our <laughs> own ramblings
0: just kept, yes. kept going <laughs> yes well uh, as always uh, if you want to send in your feedback and ask us some questions that you'd like answered on air you can send them to podcast at Um you can also go to doublejump.co to read all of our articles I keep promising this but they are going to start rolling out the oh, yeah. game of the year articles from last year um We've, we've, uh, Ruby's helped out. Ruby's done the editing. Uh, hopefully, we'll 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 get we'll get these out. <laughs> it's just been a busy couple of weeks for for Jake and I. <laughs> um, so yeah, so expect them to come out over the next week or so. And as always, you can uh, catch us on social media, DoubleJump.co. Uh, you'll see all of our socials on on the on the side panels. But yeah. John, thanks thanks once again, man. It was I think I think it was a it was fun to actually talk a lot of pop culture this week and have like announcements in that world to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm spent Because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm an introverted <laughs> person who uses like who you know, I don't I lose energy as I talk, basically. Um, so yeah this, I spent. you save it for this <laughs> yeah. and then
0: you spend it in one go. Yeah, time to go <laughs> eat a lot of food. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Double Jumper Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, as always, until next time, look out for one another. Peace. Bye.